Hello everyone and welcome to the podcast Let's Talk Inclusion where we discuss ideate and create ways to promote an inclusive approach to city planning and urban development. In this podcast we bring together the best minds on an array of topics related to inclusion. We will host key subject matter experts, change makers and leaders from across the policy, governance and grassroots levels who are committed to bringing about an inclusive change in the urban domain. The podcast will focus on four thematic areas namely social, spatial, economic and digital inclusion. This podcast is brought to you by the Inclusive Cities Center of the National Institute of Urban Affairs. Hello everyone, uh, I am Mayura and I'm joined by my colleague Krishnakant here. We are your hosts for today. So to set the context for today, um let's have a look at some of the statistics that we have gathered. According to research, India has more than 50% of its population below the age of 25 and uh, more than 65% below the age of 35. Moreover, around uh, 62.5% of India's working age population is aged between 15 and 59 years. India's biggest and most valuable asset is that we are one of the youngest populations in the world. According to the Economic Diplomacy Division of the Ministry of External Affairs, India's demographic dividend in terms of youth population is a key factor that is expected to propel economic growth. So we can see that we now stand at the threshold of a critical moment in India's developmental trajectory and hence today we shall focus on the theme of social inclusion and uh, we will talk about youth engagement and empowerment with uh, Roshni Nugalli through a uh, work done by her organization. Uh, Roshni is the current executive director of Yuva which stands for Youth for Unity and Voluntary Action. This is based in Mumbai. She works on issues of urban poverty, migration, informal economy and gender justice. She has also worked with the child rights movement facilitating children's research and advocacy towards claiming their rights. Welcome Roshni and we look forward to hearing you today. Thanks Mayura. Um now if we talk about um, uh you know youth and the um and the 2030 agenda for sustainable development um do you think that youth inclusion has been uh you know uh, represented substantially in the sdgs or in the new urban agenda what are your thoughts on that i mean i think yes and no like there are mentions and you know there have been uh, like yuva has been part of the unmgcy the major group on children and youth and they've had representation there have been some chapters in which we've also you know contributed and you know tried to influence governments uh but nothing is really getting completely reflected i think in the language in the text and even if it is uh it really i think it's about what happens next it's not just about what is reflecting in the language in the text are country governments taking this as a priority or are they taking other parts of the urban agenda as a priority i mean i think our opinion is they are really taking other aspects and youth as part of building inclusive cities and you know creating just environments is really not a priority for most countries uh, and definitely not i think for india uh, so i think that's really where you know the the proof of the pudding i think is in so yes maybe but at a very surface level i would say yeah i get it uh but uh, just to like bring our audience up to speed what uh, exact benefit uh, benefits do you see uh, of the society when we uh, engage youth in developmental activities or you know in general dialogues that we have uh, in the society or in the 
in their own urban context uh, what sure. is it that the society benefits from can you just throw some light yeah i mean i think in our experience no it's really young people and women who really are able to drive change even if you see historically uh, you know when young people come together they have that energy they have that uh, they're not yet cynical no they still feel that yes change can happen and they also have i think more time and perhaps sometimes lesser responsibilities than adults and once we're able to bring them together they impact right from getting water to your community to even toppling a government to you know even ensuring the curriculum can change so i think we should look at the benefits of young people beyond them being only contributing to the gdp which i think is where the current context is and if we want you know inclusive cities if we really want cities that are just then why are we not making young people the center of it i think is a big question for all of us to answer because they really can make it happen but not in the way in which we are currently envisaging for them you know we have made this role for them ki they will study they will get trained they will earn money uh, i think we need to really move beyond that because we are not uh, we are not giving importance then in enough importance to young people's inherent strength and interest in making the change so uh, rosni i would like to know have you seen a change in india in the past few years Uh, when it comes to local uh, regional or national level engagement of young people i mean i think we have been seeing the change there are so many organizations and yuva is just you know one organization there are so many other youth work organizations who are working like at the local level say in urban areas where i keep giving this example of uh, the pani hak samiti which has been working for so many years in uh, in uh, bombay really fighting for water rights for uh, slum residents which hasn't happened and young people were at the forefront of that from the uh, early 2000s and making sure that the high court passes the order that even uh, non notified vastis do get water because it's part of a human right so that whole campaign was led by young people uh, throughout the and, and for many years also uh, similarly we see things in you know a lot of the forest rights work that is happening in uh, in the pesa areas is again led by young people where forest communities and adivasi communities are actually claiming that land so there is the act but you know making sure that that implementation happens then when we talk about uh, you know um, the rti young people have used the rti so uh, powerfully to be able to ask questions where questions need to be asked where are budgets being spent really the whole you know anti corruption movement out of which this came out again led by uh, young people so i think there's more than enough examples of young people uh, making change happen and um, as long as we're able to you know somewhat institutionalize those spaces for them to come and make that change i think that's really you know the conversations we need to be having at the highest levels at this point because right now it is autonomous like i keep saying they come together there are either civil society groups who are helping them organize there are you know maybe academic institutions where they're organizing but i think institutionally at the state level as well we need to have enough spaces for them to organize again not namke vaste you know not tokenistically it has to be meaningful uh, contributions that they can make i agree roshni and even um, from your presentation we could see that uh, you know the latest uh, national youth policy of 2014 it has brought about a positive change to some extent so uh, we can certainly expect more uh, engagement at these levels 
but uh, i would like to know from your experience of working in the field and uh, as you said yuva has been working since the 1980s uh, what do you think are certain challenges that uh, young people face when uh, they want to participate or you know they set their intentions of participating or uh, you know uh, in other words what are the major factors that prevent youth from actively participating in uh, you know in welfare policies or any developmental activities that concern them sure sure no i mean i think that's a very important question uh, i hope little later we can talk little bit about the myp and the recent draft that was also made i think a couple of years ago so i think there's some important areas of work for us there as well uh, in terms of challenges you know when we talk about uh, young people one is of course the and again i'm talking about primarily as you were about marginalized groups you know that is economically marginalized marginalized by caste and community so not so much the privileged uh, young people's groups i mean i think one is the existentiality of their lives you know they do have their homes are getting evicted you know their uh, they are having to drop out of school and college they have family issues you know in terms of whether it's domestic violence or other such thing now these are realities um, which is a little ironical because it means that they need change that much more the need for change is that much higher but their ability to actually you know give time and energy and space for this not that they are not doing it but there are they have to reach much higher you know which is why i'm always a little concerned when you know we have you know especially the un does it at a much larger scale not to critique them but we have a digital you know uh, includes like polling system or digitally people will participate which is important you reach a large outreach but we need to understand that um, for those whose homes are being you know evicted who can't who have to you know spend 3 hours a day getting water or you know walking because there's not enough public transport for them these sorts of participatory spaces don't really mean a lot because not a lot of change is happening uh, so i think one challenge is the existentiality of their life which is why when they do participate they want to change that they don't want to only get jobs they also want their homes to not be evicted they also want to make sure that their drought prone village continues to get uh, the water it needs you know through investments in you know drought resistant agriculture so these are the sort of questions that they will ask uh, and i think so one challenge is their actual life but the other challenge is we as a society and the state is just putting them into one box ki you can only ask questions about this or this only this should be your interest i think that is a bigger challenge in fact uh, and then alongside that of course you know the existing systemic challenges of women you know the patriarchy we have in society the caste based discrimination all that impacts young people as well no doubt about it and i think finally i would also want to say is this lack of spaces formal spaces for young people's participation at all levels of governance is another big challenge uh, for them when they do come out because maybe they will do you know the biggest they will do you know great as a work on the ground and identify the areas in which you need street lights and then you know they will go to the corporator and have multiple you know sitting so on and so forth but then uh, none of that is officially you know given space it becomes like an autonomous organization so i think all of these are you know some of the challenges uh, that young people face but do we have examples from like other countries maybe latin american countries which are like similar to our context yeah. because uh, we know that brazil for example has participatory budgetary uh, you know system yeah. 
and everything so do they involve young people in such activities do they have the freedom to uh, participate there i mean i'm not an expert on this but from what i know i do think like not just south america but also like the global north especially in europe they're very very active in terms of their uh, councils right you have youth councils you have specific space for young people and that is a model although it is from the global north it is a model that india i really do feel should uh, you know take on uh, because they have uh, it's actually young people are being able to elected to sit on city councils and you know have their own say i think that's that's huge if we can impact something like that moving to south america definitely their history of participatory democracy has been vastly different from india and other countries in south asia not just of young people no the budgeting example that you're giving has been ongoing for decades almost and the sort of impacts are able to make so definitely in terms of participatory democracy and that radical youth work that i spoke about we have great examples from south america even the word protagonism it comes from you know i think the spanish word called protagonizo or something like that it basically means that people are able to take ownership of their own lives so i think south america is a great example overall for whether it's a budgeting even brazil has a great uh, affordable housing program of course there are critiques of it but in 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 their ability to actually include people in you know uh, claiming and designing their homes i think there as well we have a lot of uh, things to learn there are examples no, no doubt about it but i think the indian context is also unique you know the sort of identity issues we have the sort of patriarchy we have i think it's important for us to you know look outside and see uh, what works and what's not working but ultimately the solution we'll have to design uh, internally you know i think that is also important contextually internally and also seeing the nature in which we we do have a demographic dividend of young people that is also a reality which not many other countries have uh, so i think what we need to do is insight but i think we also have answers inside you know the three tier system of governance that we have that's uh, that is so critical it's not being implemented in its entirety particularly in urban areas so i think that itself is a huge space for us to work on and having youth take the forefront on that you know how do you really strengthen the corporations and the councils in this you know i think that's uh, very important and at the same time looking at um, mainstreaming young people that is also something youth issues across all policies i think that's something that we have been asking for for quite a while uh, we've had gender mainstreaming you know last few decades and again there are critiques of that but i think it's still a value when every policy has to also have a gender angle uh, why doesn't every policy and scheme also have a young people's angle is an important question to ask i think so let's look outside and learn and experience but i think we have enough knowledge inside and enough things that we can uh, build on inside and leverage uh, within india itself oh i'm glad actually that you uh, stopped at the policy level because my next question mm-hmm. was exactly on that and you also mentioned that you want to talk uh, more on the national youth policy yeah so uh, uh, can you throw some light on the policy gaps that exist today that prevent a more engaging experience for the young population yeah i mean i think the nyp was you know being revised uh, i think in 19 if i'm not mistaken and uh, the 14 policy like i said was important because there was to build that policy itself there was quite a long term engagement by young people and youth workers in that policy making so even yuva other organizations in you know delhi and uh, even in the south a lot of us were part of making that policy itself of course 
uh, drafting that policy. Of course, not everything was reflected, but that's the reality of policy making. But the process of that policy making itself was quite important. And also, there was a beginnings of you know moving beyond just developmental goals, but also looking at young people as political actors. You know, not 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 looking at politics as a bad way, but political actors who have power to change systems. I think that was an important point that we felt the 2014 policy, you know, started to uh, look uh, look at. Now, even the revision, right? Even the revision. I think uh, two important points that we should note in this, you know, the uh, the revision is really one like we've already spoken about. How do we ensure spaces for participation, right? And how do we look at young people? Not just pushing change in their own lives, not the micro level changes, but also pushing for macro changes. right so for instance the 2014 policy talks about productive workforce you know and focuses on skilling and entrepreneurship which is core important services to be delivered but there's no real conversation on creating jobs and we know that just skilling and just entrepreneurship without adequate focus on job creation will not lead to the goals we want for a productive workforce similarly there is this uh, phrase on healthy generation you know so there's a conversation on nutrition you know disease sports important services no mention again on reproductive health sexual health these are all very very key issues for young people and i know india struggles with this all across the board but if in 2022 we are not talking about these things for young people then we are really you know missing the bus so even health we need to push the boundary there is conversation in the policy on social values community service again talking about you know values which we are going to spread through civic you know through education and uh, you know ngos are going to really do community service and so on here i think we need to center the constitutional values which are the and the fundamental rights you know equality secularism non discrimination i think if we are not mentioning this when we talk about young people's work and the social values that we want to imbibe in them then we are moving away from you know why our country even exists we are, you know because of the constitution so we need to include that there is talk in the nyp also about participation right where we are talking about uh, you know uh, participation but again it becomes in community in family you know maybe little bit on urban governance but not strong enough i think we need a lot more push in that space where are those spaces for not just expression but also for dissent you know people are okay say theek hai you know you enter a survey and you tell me what you feel but is there enough space for my dissent and when i dissent will that be looked down upon will i be thrown into jail or will there be actually enough space you know will the state and the society have that uh, security and maturity to be able to understand where i'm coming from and engage with me rather than try to avoid me you know we know that any conflict we have to have a, a non violent way of moving ahead uh, so participation also has a lot to go and finally this at risk youth you know at risk youth has also been mentioned in the policy again very very critical looking at capacity building and social justice you know for these at risk at risk youth but i think when we talk about at risk we really need to talk about the why why are these young people getting into these risk risky behaviors you know and if we don't address that and start creating those structural shifts then again we are just uh, it's we're just giving curative measures not preventive so these are i think some of the you know responding to each sort of not chapter but some of the main uh, categories and themes of the nyp i think these are some of the shifts that uh, you know we do need to uh, look at moving ahead yes so uh, 
Roshni, thanks for your response. So you talked about the youth participation in policy making. You touched this point during your discussion, your presentation. Mm-hmm. Just like to know in what ways can we enhance youth participation in policy making? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, that's a question that we are all, you know, interested in. I think, and it's not, it's not a single answer. You know, I think it's really an ecosystem shift. It's not just enough that you know we now open up a policy for input by young people and check a box. It's not going to be like that. It has to start. One to enhance youth participation, we need direct inputs, but also we need to create a facilitative environment for them to be able to impact. Right? For instance, that means that if the challenges that they have no jobs, their homes are being uh, you know uh, evicted, then we need to ensure that that support is provided. Right? Job creation is happening, apprenticeship is happening, quality of life overall is being improved. If we work on that as a larger level, then young people are more able to participate. even now you will see young people who are privileged are able to participate much easier than young people who are marginalized and we know the majority of our country is underprivileged so you've seen the recent inequality reports that oxfam has put out very damning i think so i think making sure that that support structure is created for young people in the uh, you know in the real tangible sense is important similarly we need to also address their mental health issues their sexual reproductive health issues as well as cyber safety which again is becoming a huge huge issue and if we don't address this then there are further barriers to ensuring that you know their participation happens then what do we do in terms of preparing them for participation right these are the sort of the economic health you know the safety protection angles that we need to look at in terms of preparing them i think we need a lot more work on the ground you know just nss and nyks are not going to be enough we need a lot of on the ground organizing of young people looking at pushing constitutional values building critical thinking and really enabling them to experience youth led social change you know like if i can bring water into the community or if i can ensure that you know um, the crop survives this season then it becomes an example for me throughout my life so create enabling ensuring that they have those capacities to impact on their lives not just capacities to get a job or to communicate with the employer you know i think we need to move beyond that mindset so that is another important thing similarly uh, you know then this whole i mean uh, sort of cultural aspect also i think is important you know looking at leadership across the board ideally again we see in current participation if we see there will be the you know the there will be the young woman who is already quite confident who you know has already been to 10 other places is also being sent to this place to participate where are the you know the 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 people from the most marginalized community you know if we talk about leave no one behind in the new development agenda we really need to go to that level to ensure that the young person who is least likely to participate is actually supported to participate that's really you know the the, the where we need to throw our um, you know our target and finally if we create that enabling environment give them the skills collectively and individually and then create the institutional spaces like i've been mentioning you know ensure that why not in every municipal corporation there is a you know a youth uh, council that can speak up why not in every you know we have special ground sabhas for women sometimes why not a young people's ground sabhas you know so actually imagine what are the options that we can create on the ground and i think being local is very important before we go into 
you know, national and state, because local is where young people feel the most connect, where they can make the most change and where they will build the experience for being much more contributing citizens moving ahead. So creating space, institutionalizing that space, but always realizing that when young people dissent and they will dissent, not looking at that as a bad way, that requires huge amount of strength and preparedness on the part of the state, uh, which itself is, you know, it's a big challenge, but that's where we need to, you know, put energies as well, I think. So long answer, uh, Krishnakant, but I think it's not a simple answer. You know, we need to create the enabling environment. We need to build individual and collective uh, capacities, and we need to make formal spaces available. So all of that will ensure their participation happens. Yeah, thanks. I really like the term support structure, you know, that really helps in uh, enhancing youth participation in policy making. So, uh, Rosni, I would like to ask another question. So, how do you position youth at the forefront of social issues and challenges such as climate change? We saw global movements in many countries. So, how can young people be change makers, especially to address uh, pressing social concerns in India? I think young people are already, you know, at the forefront. Uh, we we do some work in the Kokan area of Maharashtra where you know dam is being built and they have gone and actually you know, done individual surveys of villages where the impact, it's not, it's not like, you know, the, not like the Sardas are over dam, it's not getting so much uh, media attention, but it is very important for that region. So going village to village, trying to do map where, you know, exactly the, the, whatever the outflow from that river will happen. And this is something they've done, you know, on their own. And uh, then presenting that to authorities, trying to do that negotiation, Similarly, in, in a city like Bombay, where in the last four or five years, the extreme rain events have really wrecked havoc, as well as these cyclones we're having every year, not to mention the pandemic. Uh, in this situation, young people have been doing you know, local assessments of vulnerability with a little support from us, trying to find out key actually, uh, you know, what is the level at which that water came, which means we can now prepare for the next monsoon, you know, because earlier whatever strategies we used earlier, it was not happening. So definitely these local, both local adaptation and local advocacy is happening. I don't think, you know, young people uh, need to be told to do it because it impacts their life and they are, they are definitely working on it. I think what we need to think about more deeply and where, in, uh, you know, input needs to go is because climate change is not a local issue. You know, it is not even a regional issue. It is like obviously a global issue, but Definitely regional and country impacts are very big. So here, what I feel is important is really enabling young people to ask the critical questions. You know, so when we have a flooding event, what is that loss and damage that has happened? You know, how many homes have been pushed further into poverty? Uh, how many, how much more money has been spent by uh, a farmer or even a municipal corporation to rebuild the, the 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 wall or you know redo their re redredge their um, their rivers i think these are the questions that we are not asking uh, nobody is asking but i think enabling young people to ask these questions especially on loss and damage is very important that is one point number 2 i think which young people have a big role to play is how a lot of the mitigation efforts you know whether it is say right from you know low cost energy i mean uh, renewable energy to, you know, building these, um, you know, transport corridors and so on, which are in some ways positioned as mitigation efforts, you know, reducing air pollution because now there are no, you know, traffic junctions and so on. What are the impact of that on poor communities? I don't think we're mapping that. 
when you build that road how many homes are being evicted you know when you actually uh, build that uh, reclaim that land from the sea what 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 is actually happening i think this is a second part where we really need to uh, ensure that young people's voices are heard and uh, they are enabled to ask these questions again very few people are asking these questions of the impact of mitigation on the poorest of poor uh, because if we let that happen unchecked once again all the investments we've been making in young people can uh, stand to fall back uh finally i think the also the larger justice question no when we talk about climate change i think it's really important to talk about climate justice we know that certain groups contribute very less to climate change uh within the country i'm not talking you know global north south within the country there are certain groups who contribute the least perhaps but are facing the brunt the most and how do we make sure that there are spaces for these groups to uh you know to actually get what they deserve and not be at the you know at the behest of larger forces that are beyond their control i think uh, so you know in the climate space itself we have a lot of work to do on all these three four areas and my firm belief is young people will be great partners in this and i know we do have groups like fridays for the future already you know and we've there's been a lot of media attention as well but i feel uh, again we need to expand the outreach you know we need to go to the bastis we need to go to the villages we need to go to the communities who are left out of some of these engagements already happening and for that you already have civil society groups working it's really about ki hum unke sath you know how do we collaborate and uh, you know make this possible because this is no longer a small issue of one or two people or one or two cities or one or two communities it is a you know it's a massive issue which we need bold steps to make it happen and one sorry one final thing i want to say on this because when we talk about climate change we again shift quickly to solutions you know let's plant trees let's put in solar let's do rainwater harvesting all very important important scientific solutions but i think solutions will not uh, shift the needle on the justice issues that i have just mentioned so along with design principles and solutions we need to have enough conversations on people's issues and how the climate impacts people and what do we do for the people who are getting impacted uh, beyond uh, the environment that is getting impacted so i think that question we are doing very little of that conversation in the country and we really need to be pioneering and take that forward yeah uh, thank you so much for uh, uh, responding to a very a very important point so um, there are examples whereby the um, youth in general and young professional in particular are providing solution to uh, long standing city development challenges at various development marketplaces but these are not being tried by the city authorities so how to develop developmental partnership between city authorities and youth citizens so i like to know your response on that yeah um i mean i think political will is so important and really that is the answer to your question but that's not a it's not an action item you know it's not something we can action actually if we have political will then this is possible and we have seen it uh, not in, in other countries but also in smaller you know smaller cities we have seen some of the shifts happen uh but i think we can nudge political will along you know if it's not there we do have ways to nudge and which is why i think young people are so excited to work with also you know this aspects of satire and humor i mean i think young people use it so much better than you know some of us uh, people who have been here for a while 
and uh, we've seen those shifts happen like you know in in nagpur where they were fighting for land uh, land tenure rights of course it's a mixed group of young people and older people and you know senior karyakartas and so on but the way in which say a young person would do a street play and really mobilize a community is very different than you know how maybe somebody else would so i think uh right while we work with young people if we also have enough space for their creative expression no i think then they really come up with these interesting ways to nudge political will forward it's not always confrontation no? i think the state always fears that young people will come and fight with us and then you know throw down the government and there's always this fear related to young people i think we need to move beyond that fear and show that young people realize that young people also want better for this country and for themselves obviously if we give them space for you know uh, expressing themselves they can really make shift happen in a much much more um, uh, you know fun way in fact than many of us can you know and really push us to think so i think uh, the answer to your question would be yes political will has to shift but i think we need to find creative and interesting ways to shift political will you know it's not just i can't just keep presenting you with data which is very important to get my mind thinking but i also need to somehow hit my heart uh, and you know we've seen this also an example we've done in, in guwahati because of brahmaputra in assam no the brahmaputra floods all the time and you know there are all these issues and then you know families need to be evicted and you know displaced and so on and so forth and you know what do we do there's always this thing as ye log illegal hai idhar rehte hai you know why are they staying on the banks of the river so on so the young people in the in the in in the city they did like a two three days ka they did a like a painting exhibition along the streets along the river where they just painted not that they were like amazing painter but they just tried to represent the lives of people living along the river and it was open you know it was on the banks they got permission to put it up and then when you see you know maybe middle class people walk through and understand that this is their reality you know this is where they've come from this is why they're living here they live here because they you know they are vending nearby and they can't carry those goods back and forth or you know they live here because xyz so when this sort of more empathetic understanding starts being built and young people are really good at pushing those you know buttons then you see people it's like an aha moment you know then that us versus them starts to decrease so i think that us versus them is also something that young people can start breaking down through uh, both creative methods as well as innovative methods and uh, i think all we need is for all of us to open our minds to say that it's not always you know you know the, the dissent and conflict is not a bad thing it could actually help us uh, move the needle forward on what we all want uh, which is ultimately you know inclusive just cities and countries as well thank you thank you roshni uh, i just have one more question from the audience um it is essential that we empower young people to make the right decision and raise their voice but uh, how to ensure that we are able to define and draw line between entitlement versus empowerment more importantly good decision making is often a corollary to lived experiences the longer you live more you know so how do you translate those lived experiences into learnings for youth i think it's a very interesting question given your responses yeah. uh, till now there are two three parts i think um, yeah i am trying to understand this entitlement versus empowerment i'm going to assume that entitlement means the en- the sense of entitlement that i have would that be correct like as a young person or are you talking about entitlement which is in hindi like haqdari i don't know i think, think uh, 
yeah they mean more like uh, what the young people are entitled to i mean okay. they are entitled to their opinion in some uh, cases yeah. or in some uh, discussions yeah okay and the question is what is the how do we draw the line between... how do we yeah how do we draw the line oh, sure um hmm i mean i think my sort of uh, response back would be is there a need you know to draw a line like why do we need to be drawing these lines if i have a right to express whatever i want to say and do uh, within legal boundaries you know i am not breaking laws i am not harming others uh, who is anybody to tell me ki no this much and nothing more you know this is uh, you know it can seem like a bit of a off the charts answer but i feel that at the core that would be my answer like who are you and i to decide that you know young people can only say this and not say that and why like i think that again stems from my sense of fear or my sense of uh, propriety you know women should not wear shorts and go out you know i think it's somewhat along the same sense of propriety that young people you know girls should sit quietly and not talk you know those sorts of things so i really feel that rather than framing it like that but i understand where you're coming from also because you know we don't want to see young people you know just feeling that they have so much the go down burn buses and so on and so forth but i think that's again the lack of trust we have in them i think if we can start understanding that uh, there's a lot of misconstruing what young people mean which is why i put that first slide of how young people are viewed they're viewed as a troubled group i think that is also a lot of mind washing that has happened you know in terms of uh, this is what they want that happens of course when there is political ideology concern and we can't uh, you know uh, take take away that um, you know that uh, fault from political groups they do do a lot of mind washing and young people do become uh, quote unquote you know destructive but otherwise i think most young people do want better for themselves and their families and their and 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 the country and if we can have that trust there will be teething trouble you know like i said dissent is not a nice thing we see it in our own work you know i might want to do a session one way and then the the, the young people come and say no we don't want to do this we want to go out uh okay at that point like can i put my foot down and say no 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 i am older than you i have more experience than you i know this is what i need to do It's, or am i going to say am i going to be adultist like that or am i going to say fine you do it but you are losing out you know if you do this these are the things so you make the choice you know maybe then maybe on that day they will make the choice to go out and rather do the work but then maybe the next time they will not so i think our responsibility as youth workers as adults is to keep presenting the choices and ultimately it's about enabling a young person to make that choice on their own you know and the consequences of that choice they're going to face if they go and burn buses i mean they're going to go to jail no so i think it's about just presenting choices and the consequences of those choices rather than us deciding that you know this is okay and this is not okay i i would feel that that is important uh, for us to be aware of and uh, what was the second question i'm sorry i forgot the second uh, part of so- that question it says good decision making is often ah. a corollary to lived experiences great uh, yeah so how no. do you translate those into learnings for sure. you definitely i mean i think that's why something like anubhav shiksha kendra which i was telling you about which is an experiential learning process the interesting thing i didn't mention on that slide is we have a huge alumni network right so it's a 20 year old program so you know people 20 years ago who were young people are now advocates they are running their own 
you know, construction companies, you know, they are also part of this alumni group and they also talk to young people. And when, you know, that very, but, but they talk as partners and not necessarily as a teacher or, you know, an instructor. Once, once you and I can talk to young people as partners and show them, you know, whatever our life experience has been and take them along that journey, then again, I think that's a much better way rather than instructing or, you know, laying down guidelines and rules. You know, that's not going to work. We have to be uh, practical also. Uh, so I think there is a lot of space for young people uh, to learn and grow through experiential learning. And I think it's important for adults to create those spaces. So rather than me coming and giving a lecture, uh, maybe I take you to my construction company and show you how things work, you know, show you how and where maybe corruption can happen. But for instance, I'm not doing it, you know. So then when they come into this sector, it becomes, uh, it's, it's something they've seen as opposed to something that's been, you know, just taught to them. And the more and more, you know, especially these last two years when learning itself has been changed so much, I think these experiential learning processes are going to become much more important than any instruction that we can give in our home, in our schools, in our colleges. Not to say they are not important, of course, they're very important, but I think we need to create more and more space for this type of learning. So I would say that lived experience, as long as it's shared in a way of partnership and, you know, again, showing people the choices and the consequences of, you know, good and bad choices. That's what we teach even our children. Uh, you know, you make the choice, you know, but you know the consequences of it. So I think similar veins. I don't know if I've exactly answered uh, the person's question, but I hope it's been a little, not too tangential. So it is, there is another question that is related to uh, climate change scenario. So uh, mm -hmm. it is known that we have to shift towards sustainable and indigenous practices which are prevalent in India, such as um, artisanal fishing and others. I would like to know how keen do you think our youth is in taking these uh, practices forward? Mm. <laughs> it's an interesting question. I know we have a lot of, I think, valorization and romanticization also somewhat of you know indigenous practices uh, i think as you know climate scientists or again i'm not an expert there will be some amount of you know boundaries being drawn in terms of how much can we go back to you know old practices versus how much can we keep uh, you know to this new space but my intuition is and again it's just a sense i'm not an expert in in these matters is there must be like a midpoint right where we do uh, definitely i do think that particularly this country has a lot of in agriculture, both in housing, you know, we see the ways in which flood resistance has been created in the past is so much beneficial, but the past climate was very different than today's climate. So that is the difference. So, so I think there must be some sort of, there will be some sort of a balance in terms of um, being able to adapt to the, uh, go to the past and take learnings, but adapt to the present context. And I'm sure that balance can be arrived at. But the process of arriving at that, I think, is important. And that's where the young people, young people, uh, you know, become a key. Um, I think if we, again, present a solution and say, you know, it won't work. If we bring young people along as co-creators and say that, hey, uh, look, you know, this is the context here. This is the situation. This is what has been happening. This is what is currently happening. Clearly, it's unsustainable. You know, this whatever pesticide linked work is unsustainable, what can you do? And what would you like to do? 
then if we come bring them along as co-creators i think then we have um, a huge huge impact that we can make you know i know of a group in uh, rural karnataka where gandhi and set up you know a khadi charka and all of that in this 50s i mean 60s 70s older people their grandson who is now in his early 20s you know studied abroad etc etc clearly spinning is not something that you know he will be taking up but i think because there was a co-creation that happened there in terms of handing over you know the work and so on uh became very interesting it became an entrepreneurial effort now you know where you are doing uh you are doing spinning so you are preserving that but the role the young person is playing is more in terms of maybe marketing or taking it to an online you know setting up an instagram a page to do the marketing so on and so forth so i think if we take young people on as co-creators uh they will bring in their own enthusiasm their own knowledge at the same time uh, you know be willing to accept and uh, you know take on the practices that uh, we we still have but again the context is different you know i'm sure there are scientific factors also at play in these things and for that we will need to make sure the experts are also on the same page but i think this whole thing of trusting young people not looking at them as problematic not getting stressed if they question us and you know talk back to us i think if we just imbibe those principles in all our conversations then whether it is climate change whether it is you know housing whether it is even in our own family i think we can uh, you know through conversation and co-creation we can create much better quality of living uh, for everybody uh, thank you um... Rosni for uh, valuable thoughts uh, on youth engagement and empowerment so let me summarize your discussion so uh, you talked about the work conducted by yuva you gave some examples like pluralistic youth work uh, as per your uh, presentation we need to support youth to feel confident and safe to state their opinion and participate voluntarily you also spoke about social inclusion of youth in the uh, new urban agenda and how youth participation in developmental activities are beneficial to society uh, you highlighted the risk and challenges faced by youth while um, undergoing their own development uh, you also emphasized the policy gaps that prevent a more engaging ex- experience for the uh, young population uh, and your suggestion on uh, youth participation in policy making was very useful um, mayura please feel free to add any other point Um, no, Krishkant. I think you summarized it perfectly, and uh, this brings us to the end of today's session. Uh, on behalf of the Inclusive City Center, I would like to thank Roshni for joining us today. I'm sure that uh, today's discussion has been enriching for the listeners as well. Uh, Roshni, any uh, concluding thoughts that you may have? No, just thank you once again for this opportunity. I think it was a very interesting conversation and. we covered a whole range of topics not just one which is good because that's a way that's a nature of young people you know youth work is and that's a nature of their interest areas as well so very honored to be part of the inclusive cities very happy to receive you know further questions and you know we are happy to engage both with niua but also participants you know please do write to us we are based in mumbai but we do work across the country so looking forward to lots of spaces to connect and engage Thanks Mayura thanks Krishnakant and your entire team at the center Thank you certainly Roshni thanks, and we also look forward to you guys work going henceforth and let's hope that more young people are engaged in activities uh, going forward 
so thank you everyone for joining and uh, thank you once again thank Rashti. you bye this brings us to the end of today's session on behalf of the inclusive cities center i would like to thank roshni for joining us today i hope today's discussion has been enriching for the listeners if you have any queries or want us to cover any other interesting topics you can write to us at icc@niua.org if you enjoy our show or want to know more about the center or niua you can also check out our website www.niua.org/inclusivecitycenter and follow us on our social media handles subscribe to this podcast and get notifications for more exciting episodes to come till then stay safe and think inclusive